Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of Tactics with Taters. Uh, very excited to get going again this week. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about strategy this week and how to really put your mindset around TFT um, on the bigger depth things um, so that as you play more, you'll understand how to pivot with the many changes that happen. So we're going to hit quickly into the patch, hit strategy, and then we'll talk. We'll finish up with some tips and tricks um, that we really think every player should be keeping to. Um, so I am Muggsy. And I'm Daniel. And let's get it going. So we got the patch 9.14b notes up, which was just a mini patch that they put up this week. Um, some big things, but actually not as many big things as we thought. Or at least the things weren't as big. Um, biggest thing overall, Assassins. Assassins has greatly changed. They are not nearly as dangerous. They're still pretty dangerous um, in terms of ninja assassin comps. But assassins are now greatly nerfed with the new critical strike damage. It is now additive instead of multiplicative. Um, so basically, you're going to have to build your items more specifically to try to get that comp going. And you have to have ninja to try to get the carries. It's not like how it used to be. Um, as well as that, their crit strike damage for the actual trait of assassin has gone down on the three of them. So instead of 150% like it used to be, if you have three, it's 125%. So early game assassins is not strong and can't really self-carry like they used to. Um, so a huge change. Along with it, the item that they paired with and actually buffed to make it come out neutral to where you have to build this item is Infinity Edge. Infinity Edge now has 150% uh, crit strike damage instead of 100%. So the idea is if you want to get towards that comp, you have to sacrifice an item uh, that you would have otherwise put on them to make sure you have Infinity Edge. Um, so it has now made it to where, like, you know, you still have your Zed and your Kali comps with your Ninja. They just always have an IE and um, the rest of their main items on them. Uh, so it makes it a little more difficult to build, but it's a, it's a nice little little change. Well, yeah, and uh, like I think before this change, like if like if you were an assassin player, you probably got one uh, BF sword, and you're immediately looking for belts. You can make mm -hmm. Zeke Herald, mm -hmm. or you could be looking for like a GA or something, even for like an Akali or a Zed carry late. But with this like change of making it to where they're not nearly outputting as much damage on every auto like they used to, getting like without IE, their damage is—it's really not enough to counter a lot of like DPS comps or yep. heavy CC comps or even like something like demons or something right now. Um, so they're almost trying to like force out a lot of the like two locket Zeke's Herald build on a cannon and then let everybody get like super big shields and attack super fast. Like they don't want that to be as powerful, and I think they're trying to like make players give up some of their, I guess, like, total team utility for a carry damage item instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's really changed the, you know, the ease of it, because now you're not carrying off of, while you're trying to build your hyper carry, whether it's Zed, Akali, or any of them, even Pike, um, 
you're not carrying off the fact that they have this natural damage. Um, you really have to make sure that you're you're b pivoting into it now, which is something Assassins has not had until now. Um, now, there are still changes that I think a lot of people are wanting, but it's not now because of Assassins. It's because of, you know, Seek's Herald and Locket. People want changes because of the items themselves. Um, yeah. So it's not only about Ninja Assassin now. I think people are a lot happier with what it is now because it just feels like a natural comp now. Yeah. And then, um, you know, along with this patch, we got a little bit of a buff to Sorcerer outside of uh, building Six Sorcerer. They didn't really touch Six Sorcerer because I still think that's really strong. I think mm -hmm. most people see that as a really strong comp, but they made it to where if you can get three, you can have more, like, a more comparable secondary trait on your team during mid-game. They made Wild a little better by giving them a slight attack speed buff, and they nerfed Elementalist again by about 12% with the uh, HP loss in the Golem from 2500 to 2200. Mm -hmm. So, Nothing in this like mid patch is necessarily, I would say, game breaking per se. Like none of the trait changes should necessarily deter you or like draw you immediately to one of these four traits that changed. Yeah. Um, I just think like after nine fourteen was released, they had complaints, and um, I think most players started to realize like Wild was very weak in mm. base nine fourteen. Sorcerer was really weak until you got six sorcerers like these changes kind of just reflect i think yeah yeah minor minor completes uh, or minor complaints or or uh like concerns from like a general player base nothing nothing really super game breaking in my opinion yeah yeah and so in they had about let's see i don't know nine champion changes um most oh. of them very small um, we won't even hit on some of them. The biggest ones we saw that had a visual impact, because um, like some like Ari did not have a visual impact. Ari still is about the same place that she used to be. Um, she just has a little better position as a filler. Um, but Kennen, Kennen got a visual nerf um, with the damage nerf. Um, so instead of 70 attack damage, Kennen now has 65. So not as big of a carry um, and kind of corners what you can do with Kennen um, compared to what we were seeing as soon as 9.14 came out with what people were doing with like Sork Kennen and, and even just regular Kennen on, on Yordles. Yeah, and I mean, just like a quick note on that, like people would hit like a Kennen like level four or five and they'd have like two traits at two so they'd have like maybe like demon ranger or like mm -hmm. glacial ranger or something and they just toss Ken in the front and he gets ninja so his he gets more damage for himself mm -hmm. so he does a lot of damage with his attack damage and then some people would even like hit two star cannon really early and literally just have cannon and like yep. not push elementals or anything and they would like give him some kind of spat item like a demon item or a assassin item or something like that to give him another trait that's like really powerful yeah and he would start popping off when he hit ult. like he would group cc like in like entire teams he'd be doing a ton of damage on his autos because of the like one ninja buff so this kind of like not takes kennen out of meta like doesn't mean like you should look at kennen now and just be like yeah i don't want to play it but at least it makes it to where like if you're gonna play kennen you're gonna have to like spend a ton of resources or like a lot more resources to make him a carry and 
although his ultimate is like really good for like group group cc on like teams and stuff it's gonna be a lot more difficult to see him like carry while he ults like he'll probably get one ult off and die yeah and not do a whole like yes he'll cc a team but like he's not gonna be able to like auto two or three people and like kill him while his ult's going like he's probably gonna get targeted by the back line or if he happens to be like assassin cannon and he attacks the back line the tanks will be able to get to him so like mm. he's not gonna be putting out as much damage as he was and i think he's like I guess nerfed from like an early game perspective that you just hit one and you can toss it out and he just kind of like carries you through early game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the other big chant that we want to talk about, um, which we talked a lot about last week is Volleybear. Um, Volleybear's nerf is interesting because it's both, it, it has a huge effect and less of an effect um, at the same time. So, Basically, his nerf uh, lowers his armor from 35 to 30 and lowers his attack speed from 0.65 to 0.55, which is a huge deal. Um, so it makes it, because a lot of people are doing, you know, carry volleys, um, makes it to where now he's not this insane damage carry, um, which is true. But at the same flip of the coin, because his procs still exist, it's basically made him a graves of brawlers, um, meaning to where... Now, okay, maybe you don't have him for, you know, damage output necessarily, but you have him for his proc. Um, so you'll you'll put more items on making him a brawler, which is what he's supposed to be, um, and tank some damage and really just have his ult proc effects like Shrink Ray and um, Red Buff across uh, the enemy's line. Um, so it's very it's unique and it makes it to where volley's not this insane carry anymore, um, but at the same time, is it enough? I mean, basically, I I think what people were really complaining about was like with the attack speed that he has base and the ability of you to put like two attack speed items on him, like RFC or curse and curse blade or like RFC and Gensu's or something, mm -hmm. like. He would literally. It's not. It's not even the like damage is the issue. It's the amount of times in a fight that he would be able to auto, and every auto once he ults, is a chance to proc everything that he has the ability to proc. So if it's demon yeah. bear, it's demon. If it's a, if it's you got glacial synergy, it's a chance to proc the glacial. So like, you're gonna make him squishier with the armor nerf. You're going to make it to where he's he will not auto nearly as fast. And, and you're almost for like if someone wants to run old volley they pretty much have to hit gensu's rfc oh yeah and a defensive item yeah like that's the only way i think you can do it and like now i think it's there's like two ways to run you can either make him like full tank like you were saying with like a, some kind of brawler synergy to make him big mm -hmm. and like being able to like take a lot of damage and just like ceasing for a backline if you want to do that kind of a build or i still think you can build him more as like a carry but i think you should almost like prioritize damage or like a red buff on him yeah because that way he's every time he gets his old autos off he's applying something like red buff or he's doing like a ton of damage to the unit he's autoing so like mm -hmm. i've seen ie work on him i've seen like red, red red buff is really common now i think uh even something like sojin i've seen on him i don't think yep. that's necessarily great but like putting more of that damage on him i think is is better like now it's gonna be very difficult it's gonna be a lot more difficult to build attack speed volley and watch him just like cc an entire team for the entire fight yeah 
yeah, and it's a it's a lot a lot fairer than what it used to be um, yeah. on the last last couple patches. Um, so I think a lot a lot more people are happy with this. I know some people aren't, but really, in my opinion, I'm I'm right with you to where he's he's a specific build now, and he's he's a lot he fits a lot more in what his category is now. He's not yeah, this, exactly. you know, you're not having him over Ash like Ash is supposed to be, you know, your carry in that point. Mm. So it it makes it to where he has a purpose, um, yeah, which is nice. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in a grants. Like, yeah. Like just said so. Yeah. So for the last part of this patch, uh, just a couple items. We already talked about Infinity Edge, but there's three more. Um, one of whom already happened last week when we uh, we touched on a little bit. Um, but Curse Blade was a big change. Um, now instead of twenty five percent of triggering her effect, it's twenty percent. However, a lot of people. And I know me and Daniel disagree with it. Um, are saying this isn't quite what we wanted. Um, I think because of the application of what Curse Blade is on. So if you're running Curse Blade, you're running it on Prox. So you're running it on Gunslinger to hit multiple people at once, um, or you even run it on like a Volley Bear if you built them up for it. Um, mm. And so you're still hitting a lot of Proc on curse blade so even though it's you know one in five instead of one in four now it's still you're hitting multiple one in fives um so a lot of people are saying is it worth having the ability to downgrade a level three unit to level one or level zero um over just controlling what curse blade exactly does yeah i mean i've i've seen people say like they would have preferred like some kind of change that maybe put a limit onto how many times it can proc during a particular fight, mm-hmm. um, instead of like a percent chance difference. I don't know. Like the only thing I have with Curse Blade, and the reason I don't think it's nearly as broken as as uh, it, it was before, is um, right now with Gunslinger. Like, yes, I think it's it's annoying, and if you um are in a position where like a gunslinger comp has these items and has a lot of them it can be extremely frustrating to play mm-hmm. but i've very rarely seen many guns like gunslinger with this kind of application if you like if if you see mid game like a curse blade sword breaker tristana tier two and she's wrecking in mid game very rarely are gunslinger players going to be able to transition off that into something outside of gunslinger for late game Mm-hmm. to get to a win like mm-hmm. if if you commit to curse blade sword breaker gunslinger i think it's a great strat to keep you high health until mid to late mm-hmm. and you have to be looking throughout that entire time while you're like econing and like building building up your bench looking to transition to something like blade master or even like demon or like mm-hmm. like you were mentioning with like volley because like gunslinger is kind of like i i've rarely seen gunslinger win late game yeah um and like i i agree that it's like really annoying and like um although the chance is down like you're still getting a lot of chances to uh, a bunch of units but there's very few units in the game other like outside of gunslinger and outside of volibear there's very few champions in the game that hit multiple targets at once Mm -hmm. 
Um, so like, if you're gonna commit to Curse Blade and you're gonna run it effectively, you're probably going to like. You you have to run Gunslinger. Yeah. And like, if you don't run Gunslinger, then you have to run Volibear. And I think it's a really dangerous. I mean, if you're expecting Curse Blade as like your first or second item to carry your team, and you don't have Gunslinger or Volley or some kind of like multi unit hit or like if you don't have runins or something which would be crazy if you had curse blade runins that early but yeah. it's so focused in on certain champs and certain traits that i think it's that kind of balances itself yeah um not not to say you can't put it on a unit that, can, that hits one but i think it's like really not that great if it's on a unit like that mm-hmm. like i would i would rather have Swordbreaker than curse blade on like someone that's hitting one unit yeah but I mean, yeah, I I mean I can see people are frustrated with it because like when it's on gunslinger comms, it's hella annoying. It's so annoying to play against. But I don't know, like it's definitely um I think it's counterable with like heavy CC and um kind of like an Aurelian or something even. Mm-hmm. Um that gives like a big like AoE damage in CC is like my solution to a lot of things in this game. Yeah. But like CC, AoE to hit the back line, red buff is good. Like stuff like that can counter this. So like I don't see it as nearly as big of a problem as some people do. Yeah, gotcha. Well, the last two items um, for the rest of this patch is just Locket and uh, Marilla Nomicon. So uh-huh. Locket already happened last week. It was actually micro patched. Um, instead of shielding three hundred, it shields two hundred now. Still on the row um, that they changed last week. Um, and then Morel is now 5% max health damage instead of 3%. So these are not small changes. Um, they're not huge. But um, they definitely change. Like Locket is definitely... When Locket first came out last week, is why they had to micro-patch it. It was insane. Like mm-hmm. with Assassins uh, particularly. Um, but now it's like it's only 200. You have to double Locket. And if you don't have the damage output, especially with how Assassins have changed now, it's like... Is it worth those items that you're giving up? Um, and then Morel's just, I guess, a little more balanced now. Um, I think it was it was good before, but now it's it. You got to think of who it's who is using Morel. They're usually AOE champs. Um, mm. So like Morgana, Cannon, you know, champs like this. And so really, it helps them to have the damage output to stay alive. Yeah, man. And obviously, even like an early game Garen. Mm-hmm. Um late game swain could use it a brand could use it you know like units like this i think it's in a bad spot at three percent and i mean the people the reason people complained about it is like morella garen was ridiculous when yeah. it first came out but since yeah. they've changed garen's ai to where like once he starts spinning he doesn't move yeah now it's uh, a little it's easier not, it's not nearly as powerful and even on like garen or something but like i still think it's potentially worth running early on garen because like you're not going to have morella garen late game and almost and at least in most like situations, you're not going to. So, um, I think it just makes it like buildable again, and you know, gives you options for like a spell-based AOE champion to throw into your comp later, like you were like you were mentioning, like a Cannon or Morgana. Absolutely. And then Swain late. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was most of the changes for this patch. Um, there have been some rumors about next week's patch, which is gonna be a lot bigger. Uh, so we'd probably be spending a lot more time next week talking about that patch. Uh, but we just want to hit on some of it because it did have some some noteworthy changes this week, especially on Assassins. Um, but now we're going to particularly get into strategies. 
So um, we're going to start with what we consider the three meta strategies on terms of how you're thinking throughout a game. And then we'll just throw in some tips and tricks that we think every player should be running. Um, so these three meta strategies have to do with how you're operating through the game. And that includes econ. It includes how you utilize your store um, and just how you're putting out champs to begin with. So we like to call them the high roll strat, the aggressive strat, and the econ strat. So the aggressive strat is actually newer than the other two. Um, aggressive strat did not come out until ranked came out. Um, only because when ranked came out, the whole how people thought about winning changed. It was about mm -hmm. getting top four now instead of being just number one. Um, yep. And so now people are like, well, if I can just outlive other people and just hurt them, you know, really cause damage early to like these econ comps, then I can outlive them and just get into the top four. I don't think I'll win with it, but I'll be able to really get up there. Um, so we'll start with the aggressive strat. Uh, aggressive strat is all about leveling at the key times. So what people say is you level right after your first PVE rounds before, right when you're about to face somebody. So you get the fourth person out and hopefully you're lucky and have some silvers. Um, and then you level right after first carousel. Those are your key levels. And then you always throughout the game, try to make sure you're always either on par or ahead of your other uh, the other players in terms of level and just strength. Um, yeah. Cause it's all about just tanking and keeping a win streak. That's win streak is super important with the aggressive strat. Um, Cause it's all about how much gold it's worth. And you're trying to comp all the, because you're losing out on that lower end of like getting golds on your one cost units and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you're trying to comp that by having a win streak so you can get the yeah. higher yeah, and, like, recently in uh, my ranked games, like, so, like, the purpose behind this strat is, like, once you are, so once you get done with your first three minion rounds, I believe you're uh, two out of six on four on the first round before you play someone. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, like, you, you typically run out of, like, come out of, uh, like, to start that round before you fight someone with, like, anywhere from four to six gold, depending on what you got from your minion rounds. Mm -hmm. um and you have to like start thinking like is the level is like getting the extra unit out or do i have like a like a like the five champions i have here is it worth for me to pick up things on this to look for things and and miss the level on curve mm -hmm. or is it worth me like just spending the level and getting the fourth unit out and starting a win streak and then um like looking from there for like champs and stuff um and like i think most games you're not gonna hit like a bunch of two costs before your first pvp so i think in most situations that level is probably worth um doing instead of like necessarily like buying your bench to make your bench like more full and like leaving yourself for a more like like wide looks into what you're gonna do at early game because mm -hmm. like most people do it now because they want to get the win and they want to preserve early health yeah um and then he was mentioning there's the opportunity to level right after carousel i think you're like six out of ten i think mm -hmm. right after carousel and then there's also the option of leveling to six right after krugs which is like six out of 18 i think so it's like 
you spend four gold before you play anyone you spend four gold right after carousel and you spend 12 gold sometimes even if you like if you kept the win streak all the way to crux it's probably worth the level to get that 16 out and try to keep your win streak because yeah. win streaking gives you more gold but depending on like how long it's been and if you have a six win streak like that should be that should be your, like once you get to like five six win streak you should be like thinking all right this is my number one priority what what is the best thing i can do without crippling my bench or my ability to play late what is the best thing for me to do right now to get um the best team out now so i don't lose win streak because it's going to give me a bunch of gold it's going to help me get back into like a good gold scenario like mm-hmm. get my econ back mm-hmm. and like with that with like looking to level being aggro also like you're going to be whatever items you get you're going to be looking to build them almost all the time yeah um so like you'll be like all right i've got a neg and a chain vest all right throw it on throw it on someone now it's a disarm it'll help me win fights you like yeah. toss that out yeah and then you'll toss out you, you you'll very rarely have items on your uh, on on your sideboard unless you're just like really really holding out for a specific item at, at carousel or something and you don't want to put it on someone because you think all the units you might keep for a while so you don't know which one to put it on mm-hmm. but being aggro you're going to you're going to want to like focus leveling you're going to want to focus item uh formation and like putting them on champions that can use them early and you might be able to sell later on to make your comp better yeah yeah and there's a lot of positive and negatives this is probably the most popular strategy right now um and yeah, ranked yeah, i would say most consistent too. yes yeah. most consistent for, as well for for getting top four mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so there's there's positives and cons so the first positive is that you're banking off of win streak mm-hmm. um so you, you have a lot stronger early game than like an econ strat does um yeah. and you're making a lot of money um Another positive is you're getting level, which not only means you're getting people on the board, but you have better chances to get higher cost units. So yeah, like you could get a Draven earlier than everybody else. Exactly. I mean, it's it, it's all about getting that level earlier and seeing seeing the opportunity to see those bigger carries earlier that make that comp so like I guess attractive for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, because like obviously you, you share a champ pool with everybody else in the game. Yeah. So. The earlier you can see those four cost carries or those three cost carries or like the earlier you can get the higher chance to get them um, is really attractive for a lot of players. And like that's why people look for it and like try to go for it because if you like if you high roll enough and you get like a two star force like a two star four cost carry like at level seven, like stage three, three or something crazy like that. You can literally just ride that for so long, and you can get your econ back. So, like, yeah, there's a lot of things to balance with this with this strat. I would yeah. say, yeah. Now there are several cons as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest, I think, is the fact that you are counting on your mid and late game on RNG. You are dependent on RNG because if you get to that late game and you're not drawing, so you know the Draven that you need. If you're if you're built around Blade Masters or, you know, the Swain or you know, even some of these demon comps, and you're not drawing this comp that you're just now putting together, then you'll fall apart mid-game. And if you haven't knocked people out early, you might not even get that top four. And it especially hurts you on, like, since you put your items out to aggro early, if you have a comp that those items should have been combined differently, late game you could suffer against the econ strat or, Mm. you know, someone who just had godly RNG and just has an amazing comp and you can't handle it because your items are mismatched and you don't have a strong comp. 
Um, so yeah. it, it's very reliable on getting to that top four because you're you're basically just tanking other people out of the game um, because you're dishing so much damage early and staying so high so that your mid game if you are if you do fall off drastically you tend to have the health to take it. Um, however, another con as we've kind of hit is the fact that your gold suffers for it um, and you don't get the same effect as a high roll does because the, the re-roll the people who do re-rolls are also rng dependent however they're specifically doing it based off level so they have higher chances to get what they want so they'll have higher upgraded units than you and they're not wasting items like you might be um sure. so there are cons however this is the strongest uh in terms of just how efficient it is as a strat and ranked right now yeah i would agree um the only thing i'll say about it is like i think another con to it is just like to play this strat properly and like um to play it to where like you don't just have an, a really strong early and like early mid game it takes a lot of like you need to know your percentages mm -hmm. of like uh like what's my my percentage to get certain um tier units or like certain cost units based on what i level and what am i looking for so you have to be like obviously asking yourself a lot of questions and i just think like as a con it's like a generally a strat that Although it can win you early, if you're not focusing and like playing, uh, paying close attention to what you're doing, and like always looking for like certain characters and like looking for what makes the most sense to do with your gold, you can really, really mismanage your gold at certain points, mm -hmm. and you can cripple yourself. Yeah. So like you can you can turn like a early and an early game where you take like maybe you're like 94 health after like second or third carousel and you think you're perfectly fine, you're, like, second out of, like, everybody, and there are six people left, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, like, the person with 20 health has, like, an insane comp out, and he drops you for, like, 30 health. Like, if you don't manage everything right with this comp, especially mid to late, it can, or this uh, strat, it can really, I guess, like, kind of backfire on you, but at the same time, like, I think it's, I think it is really consistent, and it's really popular because um, it it'll keep you in a good spot early to mid almost every time you do it. And most players that play TFT now and play it uh, for more than just like placements or just to get their rank, they're climbing. So they're, they're wanting to get better and they're learning as they go. So like, mm -hmm. I don't think th the con that I mentioned isn't necessarily something that persists as you go up through rank because most people know what they're doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say this is a pretty solid strat to keep you top four in most games. Yeah. And so as we talk about percentages, we'll now kind of pivot into the Hyrule strat. So Hyrule strat's been around since before ranked. Um, however, it has changed. Um, I think just because of the overall knowledge people have within the game. So Hyrule now, it used to be just at that you do not spend money on xp um before and you would get to the round right after cruds and you'd be eight out of ten at um at level four and so that was your highest chance to get level one units out or cost one, one cost units to try to get a gold depending on what everyone else on the board has it still is that however it's also changed with people being knowledgeable of what the percentages are for every cost so you can high roll for not only one cost units at that point, but you can high roll later for two co uh, two costs and three costs and um, even four costs. So it just depends on what you're wanting. 
Um, and so like it's kind of pivoted into there's the typical high roll and then there's like a donkey roll as some people have coined, especially uh, disguised toast um, to where yeah. you're just, okay, I'm level six. I have a much higher chance, you know, this, this level and next level to get three cost units. So I'm just going to roll every chance I get to try to get upgraded like Aatrox or something um, because yeah. nobody else has it. So a huge important thing with this is know your percentages and have a plan. Um, you have to know you can't be rolling for three costs if you're a level four because the percentage of getting a, a three cost is super low at that point compared to level six. So always sure. roll if you're gonna donkey roll or high roll, roll at the level that is most it gives you the highest chances of getting those. Um, and the second big point is you have to have to have to look at everyone else's boards because if you're trying to roll for a Tristana, to get up to a uh, gold Tristana, but there's three other people in the game that have several silver Tristanas. Your chances for how much gold you're spending is very low. Um, so it's not worth it because you could be crippling yourself for, and not actually get the strength out there. Um, so that's a huge thing. And the last huge thing you have to do is make sure that you're stockpiling gold in preparation for whichever uh, level you're doing so that yeah. you have more chances of of getting it yeah i mean and, and with this strat like um i think all the points you brought up really valid um only other thing is like you should also like look at your early game items mm -hmm. um so like if you have the like an rfc or you have like a rage blade or something then um you should also like factor that into like what you're really rolling for. So maybe you like go into the high roll strat for like the for the one cost units, and you're thinking, all right, I want Graves, and I want Tristana, but you end up hitting like four or five veins or something. Mm -hmm. Like pick up the veins. Like pick up your, pick up your two cost units. Pick up any like pairs you see. At least that's in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and just hold them as you roll because like. If you end up hitting like six veins as you go down, like why not pick them up? Because they can help you catch back up to some of the players that might have went uh, the aggressive strat or something. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, for like the other rolls, so like the 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 high roll strat for like uh, two cost units or three cost units, like those are typically like level six seven. Mm -hmm. I think six is the best for two, seven's the best for three. Mm -hmm. um, so like obviously. Like, if you're doing the original high roll strat, you're not ever going to put any gold into level. Yeah. But if, if you get, like, items that you're like, all right, this is Aatrox, this is Volibear, this is, you know, whatever three-cost unit, or this is, I don't know, Zed or something for, like, a two-cost unit, you might already be like, all right, maybe I should play a little aggro to get to six earlier. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm at six, I should start stockpiling a little bit. Yeah. So there's – and basically what I'm saying with this is, like, these strats aren't – independent of each other so you can do different things combined in a game mm -hmm. to particularly get yourself in a position it's it's kind of like what are like what are you doing and what what does the game give you like does it give you four of the same unit really early in the game to where you should be looking for that uh one cost high roll right after krogs or does it just kind of give you a bunch of pairs with your level ones and you probably shouldn't be looking for high roll or should be playing aggressive yeah like it's, it's kind of like what the game throws at you. And typically, you're not going to end up like rolling a bunch of the same unit at level one. Yeah. But when you do, 
maybe you should be looking for the high roll strat. Yeah. You know, it's just things to consider. Yeah. Um, based on what you get at the, um, like base RNG, because like very rarely are you going to be wanting to reroll a ton before Krugs, at least in my opinion. Like you probably shouldn't be using a lot of your gold to be like looking for like a two star unit or something per yeah. se. Um, or even like, yeah, I have 10 gold or something. Let me just reroll now to get a couple of Tristanas and prep for my three. Now you should probably just wait and do it all at once because you're like sacrificing econ and you're sacrificing that interest gold. Yeah. But exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, the Hyrule strat is valid. I, I would just say like it's a little more dangerous and I'm sure we're going to talk about cons with it. Yeah. Um, because typically doing high roll. Um, especially the, the like for the level one units, you're gonna take a lot of damage early, a ton of damage. Like, you're probably gonna be like seventy, anywhere from like sixty to seventy health right after Krugs. So you're gonna probably be like almost dead last place. But if you hit the units, you can come back from it. But it's yeah. really dangerous in the sense because like, yes, you might hit that power spike to carry you through like mid game. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't like manage your gold right and get your econ back up to either high roll again or kind of be in a position to where you can buy some units and change some units out to make your comp better, all of a sudden like that power spike you had is now overwhelmed by the people who went aggro and now have a bunch of gold and can look for the two and three cost units that overpower the one cost yeah, units. So exactly. And that's that's another thing is this this is also dependent on RNG just in a different way. Um mm-hmm. you're focusing it a lot more than what aggro does. Um so it, it helps your chances a little more um, yeah. because it's focused and you usually only do it if if the game is kind of turning you towards that way um, to where it would benefit you and like not everybody else is. So if you're like the only gunslinger in the whole lobby, then and you've already picked up like a silver Lucian and maybe you want to get them gold early. So you might, you know, do a donkey roll to, to try to get them. Uh, it makes sense. But even then, I've gone through games where nobody picks up Aatrox at all, and you still cannot even get him silver. It's just you yeah. could have horrible RNG and just just have bad luck, pretty much. However, this comp is, as aggro was the best early game, this is the best mid-game comp. Um, it does tend to, in terms of chances, mm-hmm. get you through mid-game the strongest out of the three comps. Um it's just you have the cons of RNG. Um, obviously, you're tanking your econ on purpose to get better chances. And because of that, because you tank your econ, especially uh, mid-game instead of early game like aggro, your level can severely suffer depending on how much you had to reroll. So if you yeah. literally reroll all your gold and then for the next five turns are still rerolling to trying to get this last unit to, to make sure it's worth it, you could end up ending the game at level six or seven, which you could still win with that or even five. Um, And you could still win with that, but you have to, you know, it had to be worth it. And if it wasn't worth it, you can get wiped out very quickly. So it's, it's dangerous for sure. Yeah. And I, and I would just say like, there's a point in time, like, like if you've rolled, if you rolled like 20 of your gold and you saw one of your unit, I don't know. Like, it, it becomes like a decision making game like should i spend the rest of my gold looking for this last three mm-hmm. and if i don't i've lost the game or do i kind of like hold out for a little bit roll at level five where the chances are a little worse and still have, have a little bit more gold you know like these decisions come up a lot and um yeah the only thing with uh the hyrule strap being the most powerful mid game that is 
we 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 said that with the assumption that you hit that gold yes, unit that you're looking for. Exactly. If you don't if you don't hit that gold unit, this strat sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, you will tank you, out of the game yeah, quickly. If you've bet your life on getting a gold Tristana and you don't get it, well, your life's gone. Like yeah. like it's it's just like it's that simple. Like if you hit your unit that you're looking for, it is extremely extremely powerful for mid game and you will probably mm -hmm. smash people mid game. Mm -hmm. But if you can't hit that, or you didn't get enough two cost units from that hyper roll to like help you through mid game, then yeah, it's gonna be rough. It's yeah. gonna be really rough, and you're probably gonna end up like six to eighth most of the time. Mm -hmm. But if you do it right, and if you hit your and if you hit your rolls, you can easily win with this strat. Yeah, um, easily. Whether yeah, and and that's and that's all the rules. So like, if you hyper roll for one cost units, you can win with it. If you roll for two cost units, you can win with it. And if you roll for three you can obviously win with it so mm -hmm. it's it, again it's really rng dependent like i mean this this game is an rng game so um but yeah if if you succeed and hit that gold unit or hit that two or hit that silver unit if you're going for like a two or three cost unit like really early um in your role like it, it can really propel you and really stand like help you beat people especially mid game mm -hmm. um just because like you're going to have insane power spikes. Your gold unit should be item stacked. And barring they get, they don't get one shot and like how the like auto battler plays out, like they're going to just like wreck everybody in the game. Exactly. So, yeah. And that leads us to the last comp, which is the best late game. And that is the econ comp. A um, lot less played now, but still just as strong. Um, biggest issue you have is because it's a late game comp you will suffer your early game if you aren't just naturally lucky and have like some units out to pivot off of. Um, mm -hmm. However, you have the best chance late game to win with this. And so the whole idea of it is don't waste your money and just save up to get the 50. And you just camp on it because any money you spend over 50, you're not losing any interest for. So you can reroll yep. as much as you want. Level. Level, whatever, whatever you need to do. To, to get ahead at that point but to get to that level to to get to the 50 gold you will suffer potentially um, and that's where a lot of people like the aggro can knock you out before you get to the chance to get strong enough to counter it um, so but like a, a full econ level 9 demon comp will most likely win Especially yeah. even against these mid-game high rollers that had to spend even more money than they expected, and they're stuck at level six, you could potentially get level nine and maybe even a force of nature if you built your items, and just have insane people out that you just had no sacrifice of econ to. Um, so it's it's just all about you know strengths and weaknesses of all three comps. Um, in late game, you will be strongest if you you know, are playing right and playing to your strengths and understanding what everyone else is running, especially with your items. Yeah, and, you know, like, with this with this strat, like, I, I was saying, like, if you went high roll, especially for, like, the one costume, you're probably be, like, 70 health, you're probably not going to start spending a ton of gold, like, ever trying to break your 50 gold once you get it until you're, like, 30, in my mm -hmm. opinion, like, high 20s, because um, depending on how strong your team is, uh, when people are level six or level seven and they're fighting you, if they ace your team, you can probably get knocked out from thirty. Yeah. 
um, depending on like what level their units are. Mm -hmm. So like that's the point where you have to like be like, is my comp strong enough to at least kill a couple units so I don't have to break my 50 gold? Or am I at the point now, like whatever level I'm at, is am I at the point now where I have to make my decision on my on what I should be striving for late game? level or just roll down or whatever like this is this is a comp that or like a strat that i guess um it really just depends on the player and when they want to all in Mm -hmm. and balancing like what am i spending my gold on um when i'm over 50 am i like rolling to make my comp look better per se or like to get my comp stronger to deal with some of these aggro or high roll players or should i just be prepping to level to where when i do spend my gold and like the next after the next two or three rounds i'm at level seven or at level eight i'm hitting those enormous hyper carry champions or those big cc four costs and hitting them way before anybody else so i can have like silver one of those and i can compete with the teams Mm -hmm. so like i don't know it's i think it's i think this comp should be i wouldn't say avoided because I think any any of these comps are valid, but if you don't have enough good early RNG with your units, so if you don't hit a couple like silver units early, I don't know how. Yeah, know, if you like, can if tank. You're, if you're sitting on a yeah, if you're sitting on a bunch of, like one cost units and you're trying to like save gold to get to fifty. Yeah. My opinion is you should probably just like go aggro or yeah. something. Yeah. But I mean, if you hit those like if you like if you hit a Warwick Nidalee or like. A, a couple knights that are that are like silver yeah you can probably like compete in fights and not take as much early damage mm-hmm. and then like get to your 50 and be okay but like this comp depends on your early rng a lot in my opinion and if you don't hit good early rng like you probably shouldn't be going for it yeah and it's interesting too because unlike the other two comps that the rng that's dangerous is the store with those other two the store is not actually dangerous to this comp it's the RNG of who you're facing and how much you get hurt. Yeah, um, it's a, that's yeah, so it's you're avoiding the store RNG because like the store won't hurt you on econ, especially late game. No matter who you get, unless you just have it absolutely. If if you've had a horrible RNG game, you won't be living. So if you're living with econ, the store is not going to hurt you on this comp, yeah. and that's what's unique. Um, it's just will you be able to compete with like the aggro strats? And the other people yeah. early. That's yeah, and, the important thing. I guess the decisions, the, like decisions, are less focused on gold with this comp. It's more like, let me look at first place. Let me look at his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy's gonna beat me for sure. What do I expect to happen? So like this, I think this is better for people who have had more experience with like how much, how much a comp, like pops off and mm-hmm. like what comp, like different comps power spikes are and stuff. Um, but like obviously you can tell like. Even if you're a new player, like if you have five units on your board, the other person has six, and you have like two silver one cost, and they have like three silver one cost and a silver two cost and a and like a tier one, like obviously they're gonna beat you almost assuredly. Um, but like again, I say that to say like it's less about what what gold decisions you make per se because that's kind of taken care of. Like you're mm-hmm. just trying to save it and like looking for those chances to get your um econ in the best spot as fast as possible um it's more of the decisions about like how many of these people are going to smash me how how many of these people will like kind of beat me or how many people i can i compete with if i get randomly placed against them yeah exactly 
And so that's why all three of these really kind of represent the overall successful mindsets. Obviously, there's a few more, but they really, in terms of efficiency and whether or not they really work, especially in ranked, these are the main three. Like these, you will pivot between them. And this is how you need to frame your mind when you play. Um, that's the huge thing is framing your mind and knowing exactly what you're doing. So if you just see yourself re-rolling, you should be doing it strategically. You shouldn't be trying to get an Aatrox at level four no. through re-roll. That's, that's not actually part of the re-roll strat. If you, if you are in that mindset, you're saying, oh, I need to get to like level six minimum before I start re-rolling for mm -hmm. Aatrox. Like minimum. Minimum level five for uh, two cost. Like minimum, e even with the risk of that. So it's it's all about, you know, that balance of your mindset. And so we're actually going to uh, talk more into the tips and tricks that are related to these mindsets. And the first one we've, we've kind of hinted at, and it's pivoting. Pivoting is probably the most important thing you'll do in this game. Period. Like you have to pivot. Because if you're building something, even if you're successfully getting it, and somebody has a comp that just, let's say your aggro or your, or your high rolling, and you actually got all your, all your high rolls, and you know, you've got the comp that you wanted, and then you just get destroyed. Not like, oh, he had good RNG during the fight, and maybe he, you know, glacial proc some things, and next fight will be different. Like, you just got wrecked, and there's no way you'll beat him again. You need to change. You need to pivot something. Because if you face him again, which there's, you know, equal chances, you can be screwed. So you have to go, okay, this guy's running Yordles. And I'm running Rangers. My Rangers aren't hitting them. And what do I do then? Do I need to go find a champ that can hit the AoE? Maybe it's Aatrox and I try to just fit an Aatrox in. Maybe go just have a Demon two comp just in just to add on maybe i get an rfc for one of my rangers that's my hyper carry you know you have to pivot even on the small things and if you are trying most importantly if you're doing a strat and it's not working you need to pivot out of it as soon as you can as soon as you realize this isn't going to work like i'm not getting my lucians and i was already building cords gunslinger but everybody there's three other people in the game that are hyper rolling for lucian I need to stop then. I need to pivot out of this and I need to go do something else. Well, yeah, like basically what pivoting comes down to is like, uh, my comp was working at one point in the game. Um, now it's not, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? Um, that should kind of always, like you should always have an assumption when you play, in my opinion, to like, what am I going to do when this fails or this, this strat falls off? Mm -hmm. so like for example like i when i when i play gunslinger i know it's powerful early i know it's pretty good mid but late game it falls off mm -hmm. so i typically run I, I try to get four gunslinger as fast as i can to where my early and mid is good and then i can kind of like sit i can almost like sit um sit pretty for a little bit and like not have to worry about per like upgrading my current team unless the shop just gives it to me mm -hmm. so i kind of like start building econ for a while looking for something like blade master or something that's like similar to gunslinger because like 
Gunslinger works with similar items to uh, with like Blade Master. So like, if you have a Gunslinger build and you have RFC or you have Rage Blade or Bloodthirster or something for like a really hyper carry um, Gunslinger that you're like stacking, you can easily transition out of Gunslinger into Blade Master and throw those items on a Draven mm-hmm. um, for later games. So like, uh. That's something that I do when I run like that kind of a strat. That's just like a really common thing that I typically run. If I hit like the bow items or like the attack damage items and stuff. Um, and just another thing is like if you have, I I see a lot of games where I like be playing against someone and they've had four rangers like for the longest time in the game. They've had like four rangers since like level six and they did like really accurate. They got all four of them like really early, and they've sat four rangers all game. And it's like you should never feel like just because you have the uh, like the max, like I like I see four rangers a lot. I see four gunslinger a lot. Like people feel like when they have four of um, a particular trait, like when it's full and maxed out, like that should win them every every round. Yeah. Like I have, like I have the best. Like I have four rangers. Like I should be winning these fights. Like not necessarily if you're playing against like heavy cc glacials like you're never gonna win that like it just you you have to be like willing to sacrifice four ranger to like drop exactly. down to a two ranger buff and get something else out to like help you with something like a glacial or exactly. something like maybe trading out your i guess like vein and ash for two more demons to help your varus get some demon procs or yeah to get some mana burn to help you with glacials and then your two other units should be demons to help you with like keeping glacials off of your back line but like, I think that's a really common mistake. Is like people when they hit four rangers or hit four gun gunslingers or hit, you know, whatever it is, or they feel like a trait is so essential to their team, or they they like tunnel vision on a particular trait that they're unwilling or like realize it too late. And you should almost like always be like thinking and looking at other people's boards and figuring out like what should I be looking for and what can I sacrifice on my team? Exactly. Like what's the what what's the first thing to go when I want to put something else out exactly that should be a question you should be asking yourself and never be afraid to pivot so especially some of these builds rely on pivoting sorcerer Mm -hmm. for the longest and i think still does rely on pivoting so a lot of the times if you got really lucky and you got the carousel picks you wanted you got all your items early but you don't have those late game sorcerers yet you know whether it's aurelian whether it's karthus you know any of those heavy sorcerers so you can stack one of your silver swords, whether it's Ari or even Morgana, like some of some of the ones that are naturally dealing more damage than what like Cassidy does, um, and know ahead of time. Okay, I'm going to sell this as soon as I get like Karthus. If I want to build a Karthus build, I'm going to sell this Ari as soon as possible. So you can start buying Aries as if you're going towards gold. But the whole objective is, okay, I just want to have a silver Ari to replace that Ari and get the items off of her so that I can put it on Karthus later. So that's you can pre-plan your pivot because, frankly, some builds you have to pivot out yeah. of even though you're still doing the exact same build. Like some, You just need something to live early game so you have a damage carrier early game. And as soon as it vamps off, you already have Karthus in ready to go. So exactly. you're just consistent. And, I mean, like, again, a lot of times when you do this, like, you should, yeah, and, and, and also I I say this to say, like, if you put, like, 
if you put items on what you think is a carry and it doesn't work out like you want, and you only have one more of that unit, sometimes it's better just to like, like let's say you had a gold Tristana and a silver Lucian, and the gold Tristana has no items and your Lucian has all your items, and you think your Lucian, your Lucian two was going to do more than your Tristana, or like maybe you hit the uh, the silver Lucian early in the game and you had a silver Tristana, you're like obviously Lucian is better than Tristana, I'll put him on Lucian, but then you hit gold Tristana later. Even replacing like a silver Lucian for a tier one Lucian sometimes can be better to put the items on the gold carry. Sometimes, mm-hmm. not not to say like that's what you should be doing every time because sometimes it just it's not necessarily like that's might not be the problem or maybe you should wait until you can get the silver Lucian to put it back out or you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a lot of people are like they whenever they pick their carry they get attached to their carry and they don't want to sell their carry because like they see their da- they see the damage graphs and he's doing five and a half K around. And they're like, well, if I sell that, my entire team's ruined. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. You just have to like balance, like, do I have another carry set up that will be able to uh, replicate something like that? Like, that's just what you kind of have to balance. And you should also like realize that if your comp is not working and you're at like 20 health, you have to just spend your gold and you have to look for something else to try mm-hmm. to change it up. Because like going down with the same comp that you're losing with over and over again, is pretty much just dung in the towel. Like you have nothing to lose by looking for a different comp and trying to replace it. Because if you're already losing to pretty much everybody in the game and you lose when you change your team, like just realize that even if you kept your old comp, it probably wouldn't have went any different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pivoting is is probably the most important thing in TFT and like getting comfortable with like that these are just units. These aren't like you shouldn't, these aren't like your possession or like you shouldn't be super attached to a certain unit per se. Um, because I think people get really attached to like certain characters or they tunnel vision on like, I want to play Draven or I want to play Volibear or something. And then when you don't, when RNG doesn't happen, you don't get those champions, like your strategy falls apart and you end up losing and you get really aggravated with it. But I mean, you should be willing to change your comp around at any point in the game. But especially, I think pivoting comes really into play when you're like mid to mid to late game, mm-hmm. um, because typically late game you've kind of like you've kind of made your comp, and if it loses, it loses. If it doesn't, like you win the game, kind of a thing. Like you're typically gonna make those decisions as you approach late game or as you enter mid game. So. Yeah, exactly. And the other huge thing that we'll end with that is just as important alongside pivoting and alongside any of these mindsets is both examining and being knowledgeable of what other people are building. So this includes just going and looking at all their boards at different points of the game, but also just paying attention as you're playing saying, okay, this guy's carrying off of this character and he's getting these synergies and this is what's helping him do this. He's got this item. So maybe I need to get this item. Um, He's clearly going yordles early. I know this ahead of time now, so I've already got a bow. So instead of building, you know, some other item with a bow that could potentially help me, I really need an RFC because if this guy gets the full Yordles and it looks like he is going to, he'll just avoid all my damage, especially if I'm playing like Rangers or something. So I can instead pivot towards a hyper carry and make sure that I have the right tools to beat his build that would otherwise counter me. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with going through these strategies. You can't high roll if other people are high rolling for the exact same things. Both of you suffer. 
But if you pay attention to what other people are building, you can say, oh, he's going to high roll. So what I can do is I can avoid the high roll. I can avoid the tax of it, but I can still make him hurt. For example, a lot of people went volley bear. So even though you would have one to two people, what I did every single game is I'd grab any volley bear that popped up on my shop. I wouldn't re-roll for him, but I'd grab him and I would sell only what I needed to sell. If I needed the money or if I needed the space, then I'd sell and it would keep them out of the rotation because it affects their chances of getting a volley bear. Especially if someone's going for a gold character, like a gold three cost is probably the easiest thing to block because you can just grab a few of them. You just have to be knowledgeable. If you see someone going for a gold Aatrox and they've already got another silver, grab every Aatrox you see and just try to make sure you have space for it and just sell them later when the chances are lower. Like that's... That's a huge thing. Yeah, because even if you're just holding them for a couple of turns, like these are turns that they might be banking on hitting that gold Aatrox. Mm-hmm. And when they don't hit it, like they're taking a ton of damage. And you're forced them to make a lot of tough decisions. So like I've been in games where like I've I've thought I can get a particular like gold two or three cost and it just didn't didn't happen. And you get down at 20 health, and, and this is regardless if anyone takes the, the champions from me or not. Like, when you get down to 20 health, you have to make some really drastic decisions about, like, am I really, do I really think I'm going to hit gold of this unit? Because if I don't, I need to sell it for the gold and maybe look to reroll or level or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when you can adversely affect someone else and, like, take a couple three cost units for a couple turns, even, it can really make them make tough decisions, like, even two or three down, two or three rounds down the line. And then you can just sell them if like that particular player gets out, or if you happen to hit silver of that unit and it fits into your comp, or you think it's better than a unit that you have, you can toss it out. Exactly. Um, so I, yeah, like you were saying, like if someone's going for gold three, it's pretty easy to block. If someone's going for two cost five, it's pretty or a, a tier two five cost, it's fairly easy to block. Um, and at least in my at least in my experience, mm-hmm. like obviously you're gonna hit carousel. It's like you're I think like after. Like second or third carousel, you start seeing five cost units, but you only see two typically. So mm-hmm. unless you hit like unless the player uh, gets to pick like the same five cost unit from carousel, they hit, they're gonna have to hit like level eight or nine to realistically hit that silver um, five cost unit. And a lot of five cost units at tier one are better than a lot of tier two units in the game. So like mm-hmm. even picking it up and throwing it out if it fits in your comp, it's probably like yeah. a, and, and at least in a lot of scenarios is smart and sometimes like you realize holy crap he's hyperstat this five cost unit if, if he hits tier two of this i probably lose mm-hmm. so like grabbing it and holding it for as long as you can can really help you exactly um and the only other thing i was going to say was like um while you examine people's builds on your sidebar you should also uh, examine like how fights play out so like mm-hmm. if they have some kind of carry that is positioned in a certain spot on the board and they're walking up and they end up beating your comp like you should be thinking like how can i get my damage or my cc or like whatever i need to get onto that unit how can i reposition my board mm-hmm. to counter his position and make him make changes because like uh, a lot of people or like a lot of games i've gotten to like the last couple rounds and i'm beating someone and they just refuse to change positioning yeah i just continually win fights yep and you should always be like, and, and then I've had games where like I've lost around, and like the last, like when I'm down to one or two people, 
and I'm fighting the same guy, and he and he, he just won, so there's no real point for him to look at changing his positioning. But then I'll change my position and get my hyper carry on his carry real fast, and all of a sudden I win the fight because all of his damage is gone, or all of his CC's gone, or mm-hmm. you know, take your take your pick. Um, so like, it it it's looking about like how I can make decisions about champions I'm going for, gold I should be using to reroll to level, etc. On your sidebar, and I think it's also examining how fights play out against di- uh, different players, especially when you're down to, like two or three people. Exactly. And how how I should be thinking like. What is the best positioning against this person if it's a one-on-one, or what is the best positioning to, uh, that I can make that can do at least okay against both of them, kind of a thing. Yeah, and you know it's not only champs that you gotta look for; it's items too. So if you see someone yeah. early enough where you're like, okay, they're clearly going for these items, whether it's Curse Blade, whether it's Phantom Dancer, you know, anything that can make a character just insane carry, and be like, all right they're not getting luck out of the PvE rounds. So now I'm just going to watch the carousel, and if I'm before them, I'm going to sacrifice my item to make sure they don't get their carry out. Yeah. And so that's huge. And pay attention on the dragons when they're getting a full item. See what item it is and see, okay, this is drastically going to change their positioning or how they, you know, maybe they'll even sell a unit to get another unit out to change towards this item. Or maybe they've just now become super buff, or I've become super buff over them. So it's it's always you should never be surprised by anyone in this game if you're playing it right. You should always be like, okay, they just got that item, so now I know, and now I can pay attention. So next time I can be aware of my positioning. You know, I've seen people win off of bronze blitzcranks on last fights because they see one on the store, they change it up. Maybe they level just to get them out and it grabs your carry out and you just stick someone with blitz and just that ability could drastically change the game. Yeah, for sure. So that's mostly what we want to talk about today. We want to talk mostly about the strategies. So hoping you guys can take these and really change how you think about TFT um, and how you're getting into these games and how you're fighting people. Uh, I think it's, this game is extreme. A lot of people say it's just RNG. It's extreme strategy because you can change how you manipulate with what the RNG gives you. So it's it's very important to always be knowledgeable because the higher you climb in ranked, the more people are doing this. And it's not as easy. I promise you. We, we're climbing ranks right now. Um, I'm in plat right now. It's very different from what Silver was. Silver was, you know, everybody's kind of doing you know, whatever they want. They're not really paying attention. You get in plat and you're high rolling and someone notices you're high rolling, they're going to do something. If someone notices you're going yordles, they're going to counter you. Someone notices you're going demons super early. They're going to do everything they can to try to make sure you don't get that late game heavy demons. Like they will grab your swains from you. They will grab your bows from you, your spatulas. They, They will be ruthless because they're paying attention just as much as you should. So it's important to to have that um so we wanted to talk about that next week we're really going to talk about the next patch and we'll get more into specific uh what you should do you know what synergies are working well with each other what ones aren't how to learn the more in-depth knowledge um what items work on certain champs and don't work on other champs and really how to figure that out and because this is all about how do we take the information we learn from these patches what other people are doing and input it into our own 
to where we know how to pivot to it when needed. Um, because this game's huge portion knowledge and another portion RNG. Now, RNG you can't help, but the knowledge you can. So that's our main goal, is to help you guys get knowledgeable and climb the ranks easier and more efficiently. Yep. Um, so, I'm Muggsy. Yeah, this was, and I'm Daniel. This was, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you just just took some things away that can can help you um, get some advantages over players if you're, you know, starting your climb now, or if you've made it to, like, I would say what is at least high elo now, which is, like, mid-gold, things that you should be, like, if you're not already, then I'm not saying, like, you, sh- you don't belong there. I'm just saying, like, these are things that you should probably start to pick up and um, be aware of. And, um, yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, I, I hope you all in, um, enjoy TFT and, and enjoy the climb. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be seeing you next week, I, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Be sure to find us on Twitter. We actually have our own Twitter page, Tactics W Taters. Um, you can also find me at Twitter at Mugsy342, as well as on Twitch and every other platform. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for uh, listening.